Welcome, listeners, to another episode of Listen, Learn, and Love, hosted by Richard Osler. We don't do a lot of announcements on this podcast. We just get to the brave people that want to share their story. And uh, one of those is on the podcast today, my friend John Rogers. Welcome to the podcast, John. Thank you. Good to be here. Um, John is joining us from his home um, near Idaho Falls, Idaho. He's 44, um, grew up near Seattle. Um, served a mission in D.C., um, has a couple kids, I believe, two daughters, if I understand correctly. Yep. Um, John's been gay his whole life, is going to share about being gay. Um, he um, is was married to a woman um, about 16 years of marriage, and as he came out, that marriage ended, and, and um, now he is um, dating a man. He is um, attending his ward each week, has a testimony of the church, and is finding peace in this path. And we haven't done as many stories like John. Um, when I do a story like John, I, I sort of invite people to take John's story, and it may help you write your own story, um, especially you that are long, younger and trying to figure out your path, or some of you that are in a mixed orientation marriage right now and are trying to figure out if you should come out or not. Each story is different, listeners, and this space is just a complicated space, and I'm not trying to elevate one story above another. Some stories, somebody is fully following church teachings, and some stories, some aren't. And I'm just trying to um, bring all those stories forward, um, because I think when we know better, we do better. And John's really brave to share his story. Um, and so is that okay for an introduction, John? Yeah, that's great. Yeah. We said a prayer yes. before we started, and we just hope this is helpful for um, all of our listeners, whether you're an ally or whether you're walking this road um, as part of your core identity. So with that, John, I'll, I'll sh- send it over to you to share your story. All right. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> well, I, I wanted to come on because... Um, being, you know, I'm, I'm 44, I'm older, I've been married and I just wanted to, you know, highlight some, some of those people like myself who may have a different story than other people. Um, I I don't really hear a lot of men my age or people my age that come out um, after being married for over a decade. Um, so I just and, and not not hearing a lot of those stories, it, it kind of was hard for me to feel like my story was validated in a way. I questioned things, um, and I just so I just I hope that being here today and sharing can can help um, others feel validated in their experience if they're if they're like this way if they're this way in any way. Um, I guess kind of starting off kind of back, not, not the beginning of time, but the beginning, um, going back, I grew up in a very loving, active LDS home, a very typical conservative. We went to church every Sunday. We read scriptures as a family every night, a family prayer together. My parents are, are, are great. They're, they're amazing. They've been great examples to me of living the gospel. Um, and just are still today a great example to me. I'm the oldest of three. I'm the only boy. 
And to this day, we are still all active in church. It's all still a very big part of our lives. Uh, but, you know, being 44, I grew up in a time in the 80s and 90s where being gay was very different. You know, it was viewed very differently than it is today. Uh, the, the world and the church viewed it as, you know, it was a choice. It was weird. It was wrong. It was taboo. It was not commonplace. You know, all of the stuff um, within the, the eyes of the world and the church, even, it was a choice. Like, this was um, something to fix or to overcome. And it, that it just caused me to really believe that that was how it should be. Like, that's, that's just what it was. Um, so I didn't really ever allow myself to think I was gay growing up because of how wrong it was perceived. I had these thoughts. Uh, I would always think, you know, I keep looking at guys and find them attractive, but I'm not gay. You know, I would think that's bad. That's, that's wrong. I'm not, I'm not gay. That's not me <laughs> because it's wrong. Right. Um, but at the same time, I, I always had this really strong testimony of the church, uh, such a strong faith of the truthfulness and of the leaders of the church. I, I never questioned anything. I believed it wholeheartedly. Um, and I loved it. I, and, and it was nothing, there was no like blind obedience. It was just not, not because someone told me I believed it deep inside. So I, I had this strong faith in the gospel, but I also had these thoughts that didn't connect that that were wrong, right? According to the truth and the end of the into real society. Um, and to this day, like right now, I still believe the truth is true. Uh, which as you can imagine, as anyone can imagine, can cause a lot of confusing and conflicting thoughts. Um, in my life now, and most days, I, I really do feel like I'm being pulled in two competing directions. It's really, it's really hard. It's really hard to understand both pieces together, and it, it, it's very hard to reconcile those. But at the same time, I'm also feeling that there are just some things we don't know yet. I've been, I've felt that many times um, that. You know, I, I just believe that our Father in Heaven just has more that He's not ready to reveal to us about all this, and that's that's really really hard to understand. I don't understand why. Uh, you think why would He not reveal more when He sees all the hurt His children are going through um, with this and um, the pain and the anguish that it causes? And I, I don't know that. But I just have to take that and just give it to him and just say, you know what? He's at some point in the future, he's going to make it all right. For me, I haven't experienced anything extreme with this, like some people have. And so it may be easier for me to say that than other people. Um, and I, I understand that. I just, I, I, so I, I hope, and I, I just have faith that at some point, everything will be worked out. Um, 
I, I firmly believe, and I, I've, I've felt this very strongly too, that Heavenly Father looks at his LGBTQ children with a little bit extra love and mercy than I think we allow him to have um, and give him credit for. I think we put him in a box sometimes and say, this is how who he is. This is how he feels. And anything outside that box just isn't, isn't, is, is not him. Um, but I, I feel like there is, there's more love and mercy for those of us who are struggling with this than we give him credit for. His love is unconditional. It's 100% all the time, no matter who we are or what we are or what we do. Um, and I, I felt too that he can see our hearts and he knows we, I felt this, I felt this pretty strongly. He knows our hearts. He knows we are not willfully rebelling against him um, as we come out and we live a different lifestyle. I have been told through all of this uh, many times to continue in faith, trust, and patience. Um, those are kind of the, the, my, my words. I, whenever I'm struggling or anything, uh, I will just remember, I have to have faith, trust, and patience. Um, so although it, it's hard and it's, it's work, it's daily work to try and just navigate life now, um, that's what I'm trying to do. Um, but so because of my love for the church, I, I never allowed myself to think I was gay. Uh, because of the climate of the society at the time and of the church, you know, the Proposition 8 was a huge thing. Um, I just pushed on with the sure knowledge. The only way forward was to marry a woman. I pushed down all of my attractions and feelings and kept them all secret from everyone, uh, resulting really in you know decades of self-hatred, shame, guilt, and denial. I, I really, really hated this part of myself. I hated it. Uh, I would cry in tears every night, uh, praying, just please remove this from me. Make me, help me to be normal. I just wanted to be normal. Why, why couldn't I be normal? Um, uh, but yet I still wanted to date women uh, uh, with the goal of temple marriage because, you know, with the church, with my love for the church, that was the goal. And that's what I wanted. Um, after high school, I served a mission in DC, like you said, in the late 90s. Um, and came home and went to Rick's College. There I tried dating for many years and got rejected over and over and over. There was not one person that um, I dated more than once, um, not for lack of trying. Um, but I, you know, thinking about it now, I kind of think, well, maybe, the, maybe, I don't know, maybe they saw something I didn't know at the time. You know, I don't know. But, the fact is, I, I hated dating. I hated it. It was the worst ever. It was fun doing the activities, but as I saw like roommates and friends start dating seriously people and like they moved off and they were, they were a couple or they got engaged or married, I hated that because I was alone. 
And that's what I wanted. I wanted to be with someone I wanted. And I, I just wanted that so bad. Finally, late in my 20s, I met my wife and we quickly got engaged and married in the temple. I think in the span of about eight months, we met in April and got married in December. So very quick. Um, and I finally thought, I was like, okay, I finally, I found someone to be with, someone that wants to be with me, isn't going to reject me. Uh, we can get, we'll get married in the temple. Um uh, doing the things right, like these thoughts and everything I've had are going to go away because I'm, I'm doing these things that are right, that, are, that I'm supposed to be doing. Um, but for the next 16 years of our marriage and through raising two teenage daughters, I continue to secretly struggle with these with gay thoughts, attractions, and even porn. Um, no one knew how I felt or what I was struggling with. My wife didn't have a clue. My parents, friends, no one knew. I, I was scared to death to tell anyone. Uh, I didn't want to share and have others be disappointed in me or be hurt by or turn away from me. And I guess the biggest thing was I thought I could fix me. So why tell anyone? And see the hurt in their eyes or the disappointment. If I could just fix me, then I don't need to tell anyone. Um, I can just fix it and kind of move on. That was, it, it was something that I, I still, even, you know, now still I'm, I'm 44 and just came out two years ago. That was still a thought in my mind. It was something that I could fix and change. Um, so I, I continued to pray, to fast, attend the temple, that this would all go away. I did it all. I continued to pour all I had into living the gospel. Um, I served in every calling ever extended. From primary teacher, I served in the bishopric of a singles ward. Uh, we did everything. Sunday, you know, come follow me, fast Sundays, general conference, watching all of this. Um, my kids honestly don't know how to go to bed without scriptures and prayer at night. That, that never happened. <laughs> um, so it's just the gospel was, was a part of our lives in every part. And I loved it. I love the gospel. I, there was never a part that, of me that was like, oh, I have to do this because I'm being forced to do it or you know, if, if I just do X, Y, and Z, then I'll get this result. But I, I just really loved it. And I had no complaints about living the gospel. <laughs> but, you know, doing all that, uh, nothing really ever changed. I, I still had the same thoughts and same things going on in my life that I was keeping secret, that I was trying to fix. Um, but I, I was not gay, I told myself, over and over and over, I was not gay. I, I wasn't sure what I was, really. I guess maybe that's part of the problem, too. Um, but I wasn't gay, because that was wrong. I never had the thought in my head that, John, you might be gay, or John, you are gay. It just wasn't in the realm of possibility. Um, my, 
my wife would comment throughout our entire marriage uh, that I wasn't affectionate enough to her, um, that I didn't hug her enough or tell her I love her more or, you know, just those, those little things that you do. And I would always feel so bad because it just wasn't natural to me. Um, and she even got to a point where she would think, well, maybe, maybe I'm just asking for too much. Maybe it's me. Maybe I'm too needy. Um, but I, I, seeing things now, I, she was not. That's, that's what she was asking for was, was valid. Um, I even had alerts on my phone. To, to text her, I love you, or to do different things for her so that I would do them. Uh, while we were driving, I would think, oh, I need to put my hand on her, on her leg, just not, you know, rest on her leg, um, because she would like that, not because I felt like I wanted to. It wasn't a natural just, oh, I'm just going to put my hand on her leg. Um, and she is an amazing woman and a mom with so much to offer. She, she deserves everything that she was asking for me. She, she deserved all of that. So I just felt really bad that it was just wasn't natural for me. And I would pray about it all the time that I could be more for her. Um, and it, it got towards, towards the end of our marriage, it got to a point where I realized that telling her I love you were more words uh, to say. And I just didn't feel that deep sense of love. Uh, it was more of just kind of like when you're, when you're on the phone with someone in the conversation with I love you goodbye. Just kind of, it just rolls off the tongue. Like that's just what you say. That's just kind of how it felt. And I just thought, well, I guess that's just how, how it is. Guess that's how this will be. Um, and through all of that, I just, I'd never thought I was gay. It just, again, <laughs> wasn't a thought. I actually, I shunned all types of homosexuality. I, um, you know, the, the TV shows I watched, the music I listened to, the way I even physically held myself. Uh, all of that, I, I tried to be more on the masculine side and not in any way perceived as gay. I guess I, I felt distancing myself from all of that would make it all go away somehow, uh, which never happened. <laughs> uh, I also, I never prayed about being gay uh, because I just felt like, well, of course it's wrong. So why would I pray about it? Why, why waste my time? Why waste Heavenly Father's time? Why, why ask when he would just be like, well, duh, you already know it's wrong. So why are you asking? Um, so I never did. But before I finally did come out, I did pray about it. Um, so things were... Were beginning to build in my life that was leading me closer to needing to come out. And one evening as I was making dinner, I stood there in the kitchen next to the stove and just started praying about being gay and asking my father about being about me being gay and what he thought about it, about that. And 
what that all means to him. Um, and was overcome by the Spirit. And Heavenly Father told me in a very clear and powerful way, I was not broken. He said I was created this way on purpose and that he loved me beyond anything I could imagine. And as I felt that, I fell to my, fell to my knees there in the, in the kitchen next to the stove and just cried. I, I completely lost it there sitting on the floor um, in the kitchen. In that exact moment, all of the shame and the guilt and self-hatred and denial disappeared in an instant. It, it, it just, it was gone. Um, 42 years of carrying around all that baggage melted away in an instant just by asking Heavenly Father what he thought. Um, and, and since that experience, I have been 100% comfortable being gay. Um, my Father in Heaven was, so why shouldn't I? Um, I, I never expected to get that kind of response from him. Um, again, I, I feel like we, we put these limitations on him and we feel like, oh, we can't pray about that or that's not appropriate to ask or to come to him with, with help on or, or whatever. But praying and getting this answer changed my life and my outlook on who I am. Um, and since then, I have not held back in praying to him about anything. There is nothing that I feel is inappropriate or wrong to ask him now. I love the power of prayer. Um, and the feelings of the spirit. Um, there, there's, it's just um, indescribable when you're feeling the spirit and you're praying and you get those um, answers in that, that direction. Um, even now, I mean, I think since coming out, going through divorce and now I'm dating, um, you know, there's, there, there's times where I'm thinking, I'm getting so many answers to prayer and direction, but am I worthy to get these answers? Like, I don't, it's really confusing sometimes because just, again, like kind of unraveling the hard-codedness of my, my growing up years of you have to be perfect. Almost you have to be perfect to get answers and directions and you have to be doing certain things um, that, you know, I didn't feel worthy to receive all that I'm receiving because there has been some amazing things that I have been blessed with, some amazing spiritual impressions um, and answers to prayer. And I, I, I just, I didn't, I don't, I didn't expect any of them. Honestly, I, I felt like, 
uh, I just wasn't worthy of it. But I am, and I, I've been receiving so much. Um, so I would just say, anyone who is struggling in life, pray. Um, he is there and will bless you no matter what. If you aren't praying um, or have felt a distance grow, pray again and ask if he is there and aware of you and he loves you, if he loves you, because he does and he is there. Um, I just have become so much more passionate about prayer these last two years than ever before. And it's just been amazing. Um, so a few weeks after receiving that answer from God about being gay, I I got to a point where I, I, I did, I finally needed to come out. I, need to come out. Um, I just I couldn't handle things anymore. Uh, when I came out to my wife, she was very hurt and betrayed by it all. She was upset. I never trusted her um, to tell her all of this. She, you know, she just questioned so much. Understandably so. Um, she felt hurt and betrayed. Um, but I mean, all I could say is that I was so scared to tell anyone any of this because I just thought if I could just fix it, why, why bring it up? Why talk about it? Um, my, my kids also have struggled to understand all of this because I was the very opposite their whole life. I taught the family proclamation. I taught marriage between a man and a woman is the only right way. You know, being gay, you know, it was, it was wrong. It, um, it wasn't right. And so to them, in their eyes, dad somehow switched overnight and became a different person. Um, and, and then the, you know, the divorce comes later. They, again, it was just a lot for them to, to understand. And in a lot of ways, I mean, it really did, it rocked our perfect little Mormon family. Uh, and it's definitely something still today that we are working through um, with my kids. It's only two years since we the divorce, so it's still early, but um, it's 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 still hard. Um, after coming out to my wife, I came out to my parents. I actually came out to them the next day. Uh, my wife, my wife was like, "You need to tell your parents." So I, I had them come over. Um, again, scared to death to see their their disappointment. I remember sitting on uh, in our front room on the couch. I was alone on on the couch I was on, and they were on the couch opposite. And I don't think they had any idea what was going to come. I don't think they did. <laughs> Uh, but once I came out to them in tears, apologizing that I was gay, um, they immediately got off the couch they were on and sat next to me and hugged me and told me they loved me no matter what. Oh. And we sat and cried together for a bit. Um, this was a lot for them to hear and process. And they, of course, they, they, 
since then, they've had a lot of questions and concerns, and we've talked, and I mean, how could they not? Um, very understandable uh, and very valid. Um, but I am beyond grateful for them and for their love and support. Um, I, I know that they love me no matter what. Um, and the rest of my family has been the same. Uh, they've accepted this and they, they've they responded in love. I feel very blessed. I, I really, I don't know where I would be if I didn't have that love and support. Um, I have never experienced suicide, like true suicidal thoughts, but I, I could see how others could if they were disowned, if they were rejected or constantly questioned or belittled or whatever um, from their loved ones or friends or, or whoever. And for me, very early on, my mom told me she was told by the spirit to just love me and that everything else will work out. And that um, has meant so much that she and my dad both have done that. Um, that doesn't mean that they understand everything or that they don't still have questions or concerns, because they do. But for me, I know they love me, and that's what has mattered so much and has helped so much. And because of that, I have been very open in sharing things with them. And I think that that has helped as well um, to kind of bring them along with me. Um, after coming out, um, my wife and I ended our marriage. I knew I couldn't stay married anymore and make it work. It just, it, things had changed enough for me that I just, it, it wasn't, going to work. And I knew that my wife needed someone that could give her what she needed. Um, so we, we went through a divorce. Um, although she, she really did, she wanted to work things out. She, she still loved me. She really, um, she wanted to work things out, try to see what we could do. Um, and that just it didn't happen that way. Um, once we discussed divorce, I felt a weight lift off my shoulders. I didn't expect to feel. Um, I had spent 17 years with her and having two kids and raising kids. And, and we were generally happy. I mean, we, we didn't argue. We didn't fight. There was no drama in our lives. Um, so, you know, it, it just, it wasn't a bad time with her, with being married to her. There, there was, it wasn't, it wasn't hard. It wasn't bad overall. It just, it, there was just this thing um, that I struggled with alone. Um, but now trying to understand my true self is at times freeing, confusing, and depressing all at the same time. There's just, it's up and down all the time. And it's, it's a lot. Mm -hmm. 
going through the divorce was, uh, as you can imagine, devastating and heartbreaking. Um, it has been emotionally and mentally draining in so many ways as we move forward with the divorce. I, I knew and my wife knew I couldn't be alone. I was not good alone. I just, I'm not. <laughs> and she knew that. And she even commented and, and said, I, you know, how are you, where are you going to do this? How are you going to handle being alone? Uh, I think that she was kind of concerned there at the beginning, just really how I was going to handle this. Um, but as our divorce was close to being finalized, I met my now boyfriend. Uh, at first, Nate and I just connected through text to share our, our stories for a few months uh, before we eventually started officially dating. Um, meeting him, as we both agree, was not by coincidence. Um, looking back at the timing, and the circumstances around how and when we met, it was a very clear things were uh, were in the work prior to, to put us together at the same time, in the same place. I'm 100% convinced the Father led us together. Um, he's, I mean, I've had, I've had spiritual impressions and, and thoughts come that have said that to me. Um, and I believe that wholeheartedly. As confusing as that may seem, or sound to some people, it, it's it's very true to me. I believe that very true. It's very true. Because God knew what was happening. He knew what was coming um, before I did. He brought us together because he knew for whatever reason I needed to be with someone and he knew who I needed to be with. And so he put us together. Um. He, as he and I have been dating, I have been amazed at the differences between my relationship with my ex-wife and with him. Things I didn't even really realize were missing with her and how opposite I am with Nate. Uh, it has been, it's been the most natural and comfortable thing being with him and being affectionate to him. I, I literally cannot hold his hand enough or snuggle up next to him enough, or tell him I love him enough. Um, and I really mean it. Like I, when I feel it, I just do it. And I, and I say those things, I do those things all the time. It just feels so natural. Uh, there, uh, oddly enough, has never been any awkwardness as we've started dating, like just regarding like dating a guy, like, um, I've never dated a guy before, um, but there has been no awkwardness, nothing like that. It has been the most comfortable and easy thing I've ever done, and it's just been amazing. Uh, after being married for 16 years, I can see the differences being with him versus being with my ex-wife, uh, it's, it's like a, a puzzle piece is finally been found, a missing puzzle piece. Um, really, I mean, you know, missing pieces I didn't even know that were missing. That now it's been found and the puzzle's been put together and it now just makes sense. Um, but it, 
realizing all of this makes me realize what was missing from my marriage and what my ex-wife was missing for me. And it makes me, um, again, it makes me sad that, that she wasn't able to get that from me. And I hope that she is able to, to find that with someone else because she really deserves that. Um, another reason it has been so great with Nate is that he is also LDS and came out later in life as well. We're, uh, we both have the gospel in common in our lives and we're raised in good LDS homes. Um, he's, he's had his journey coming out and with the church and he's stopped, stopped to try and keep the church in his life. Um, we we desire to keep going to church. We both go to church. We go to church separately when we're together. We don't live in the same place. He lives in Utah and in Idaho. Um, but we go to church separately, and then we go to church together when we're together, um, whether that's in my ward or his ward. And that's something that we want to keep doing going forward in our relationship. When I came out, I, I knew I needed to be with someone who was still trying to do that. So um, it's been really great to find someone that is also trying to do that too. Because I knew I, I can't just walk away from the gospel. I just have too much of a pull to it to just let it go. Um, and... Yeah, I just, I just, there's, there's not a, a way that I can just let go of the gospel. I just, it's, a, it's such a big part of my life and has been. Um, Nate's family has been awesome too, as they've, they've welcomed me in, in the family immediately. I'm part of the family. Um, my family has done the same for him. Uh, we both feel very loved and supported by each other's families. And that has helped a lot. Um, people may not understand or even be on board with some decisions made by those who come out and probably have questions and concerns, but knowing you are loved and supported makes such a difference to those of us struggling to figure this out. Because honestly, we, we know what you are worried about because most likely we are too. This isn't your, your um, worries and concerns are not new to us. We, that's 24 <laughs> seven in our minds. Um, so what we need is love and compassion and understanding. Um, but at the same time, we need to give that to you, to our family who we come out to and friends uh, so that you can have the time needed to understand and process things and learn and grow um, along with us. We, we need to, to give you and to give family members grace along this journey. Uh, within the church, I think I, I want to just share this too. I think that there's a misconception about when someone comes out or maybe in my situation, comes out and then goes through a divorce and then starts dating, it's that they must have lost their testimony. Um, 
or they were led down the wrong path, or they must have stopped doing those primary answers we all know of how to stay strong in the gospel. I would just say that's not always the case, because it's definitely not, it's definitely not for me at least, and not for so many that I have come in contact with recently. There is, there's a lot of us out there that um, love the church, who come out and struggle with it because of how much we love the church, but we can't deny who we are. And it's just this struggle, this pull back and forth, um, and coming out doesn't mean we've lost our testimonies. I have not. Um, and when I when I think about it, you know, I've I've been gay all my life, and you said that at the beginning of the podcast in the intro. Um, I have been gay all my life. I just didn't accept it. At the same time, I always have always have always had a strong testimony in the gospel. So these two things have lived in my life, my whole life. So why why should coming out change that for me? Um, and it doesn't. It doesn't change it. Um, so uh, I, w- I would just hope that more people would would just drop the mode of thinking that we gave up and gave in. Um, another thing is, you know, I've the last two years, kind of along with with the power of prayer in my life and and what that has looked like. Spiritual impressions have been huge these last two years for me. Um, since coming out, I have been writing down spiritual impressions in my phone. Um, and just over the past two years, I have had more come than any point in my life previous. Just rapid fire, like it's been a flood of these impressions. Um, and it's been overwhelming and confusing because you just think, um, I, I've thought, well, okay, the church teaches this and I'm getting a, a, an impression to do this over here. But I, I'm feeling the spirit when I get these impressions and I know it's the spirit because the spirit feels the same today than how it has always felt for me. And connecting that has helped to know that, yes, I'm feeling the spirit. Um, but it's been confusing, too, because I felt like, well, I should be huddled in the corner of a room, like, just uh, in despair and a wreck just because of how, you know, I've just blown up my family's life. I've just caused all this heartache. Um, I'm now living a lifestyle contrary to the teachings of the church. I... I shouldn't be receiving all of these impressions and these answers to prayer. Um, but I have. And I, I, ha- I came across a quote from Elder Scott recently that I think helps to explain, at least for me, why. Um, and he says, write down in a secure place the important things you learn from the Spirit. You will find that as you write down precious impressions, often more will come. Also, knowledge you gain will be available throughout your life. 
I came across that and I thought, oh my goodness, that's exactly why I have got so many. I got an, I had an impression earlier on um, to write down an impression. And then I had the thought, I should continue writing things down as they come. And more have come. Um, so I, I definitely have found to be true. Um, and there, there's a couple impressions I just wanted to share real quick that I have get, that have given me a lot of strengths. So, a lot, so this is uh, this was last summer actually. Here it says, lying in bed at night, I was talking to Heavenly Father about how scary things can be when I think about what being gay and in a relationship might mean for me in the next life. As I was talking to him, I felt the impression that somehow, some way, everything will work out and that I need to let go of that worry and give that to him. Um, but that was something for him to take on. In that moment, I felt a weight lift and a feeling of comfort and contentment come over me. I felt he's got this. I felt him say he loves me beyond anything I can comprehend and is completely aware of what I'm going through. You are gay, my son, and I love you the way you are. He told me things will change and to keep going. Things will change sooner than you think. I love all of my children. Um, I, when I read these impressions, I still get emotional today. Like every single one of them, I can read through them and just get emotional. Um, it's still very tender. Um, the other one, the next, this, the this second one here. Uh, sitting at Nate's uncle's funeral, I felt feelings of uncertainty for me in the next life. Just kind of those regular feelings you get at a funeral, of, you know, death and what's next life going to look like for you? How is all this going to uh, work out? And especially for, you know, for Nate and I, how, how is this all going to work out? Um, I had the very real feeling and thought, everything will be worked out. Don't worry. And sitting there in the church, tears came to my eyes when I felt that. Um, I don't know how everything will work out, and I don't know what that looks like, but I have felt enough to know that everything will work out for me and for anyone else struggling with this. Um, I've also had impressions that um, there there could be changes coming. Uh, I don't know what those changes will be within the church, but I'm I'm hopeful that you know there there's um, changes coming where as LGBTQ that there we will feel more welcomed and able to participate at church. And I've I've just felt that um, that there are there are changes that will come in the future. 
what I've learned from from these impressions and the many others that I have received is that Heavenly Father still loves me and is still blessing me. Uh, he is there and that everything will get worked out in the end. My mom has felt the same way. Uh, like I said earlier, like she's just to love me and that everything will work out. That's That's been her big thing too. Um, and I believe that is true for all of us who are in this community that are, are LGBTQ. This is not this is not us turning our backs on on him, on God, and he knows that. But whether whether you feel that, whether you know people out there listening feel that it's true or not, I believe it's true. Um, I think also um, understanding how you feel the spirit is so important the spirit like i said earlier it feels for me it feels the same as it did grow like my whole previous life like before all this um so being able to connect those two the two different time periods of my life and knowing okay i'm feeling this now this is how it felt before um has helped me to have faith in the answers to prayer that i'm receiving and faith in the impressions I'm receiving. Um, it, it has truly been a blessing to understand all of this and to, to have all the blessings I have had. Um, saying that now, and I guess just kind of in closing here, just kind of at the end here, I don't want anyone to think that I have everything figured out because I definitely do not. This is, <laughs> this is not easy. Um, and I struggle a lot. Uh, um, I have good days and I have down days. As Nate can attest, I, I share with him a lot. Um, you know, he's a few years removed from coming out. He's been out longer than I have. Um, so I, I feel like I'm kind of dumping a lot on him a lot. Because <laughs> it's just all right now for me. But uh, nothing about this is easy. Nothing about this makes sense most days. Especially when I'm receiving these impressions to keep going down this road, to keep dating, but still go to church and still keep the church in my life. Where when I go to church, I'm, I'm, I'm getting different messages there than the impressions I'm receiving. And so it is very confusing. Um, that's where I lean on the, the spirit and where I lean on my faith, those three words again, faith, trust, and patience, and where I just keep doing the best I can. Um, it's hard in the day-to-day. -day. You know, the minute-to-minute, hour-to-hour, whatever, it's hard um, to have that faith, trust, and patience. But I know my Father in Heaven doesn't lie and doesn't give false hope or feelings of despair, but of love, light, hope, faith, uh, lifted weight, and guidance. And so I just try to keep going the best I can. And I, I have felt, too, that Part of my purpose in, in being gay and, and kind of just 
And I, I was told I was born this way on purpose. I'm like, we all are. But for me, I had wondered, well, what, what is that purpose? And I have felt um, that it is to strengthen others. on this road so that I can help bring back as many as I can back home. And I guess that's one big reason why I'm here talking to you today is sharing this is you, you've got a wide audience. And so I, I hope that there are people out there that, um, that can gain something from this. Um, not to put me on a pedestal at all or anything like that, but this is all Heavenly Father's doing and his, him directing and, and leading me uh, to do his will um, because there's just so much work to be done here that, um, that really can, can benefit other people. And I, I just am grateful for the opportunity to, to share. Be, be here John um, this is the part where I hope I can reflect my guests feelings I think there's a lot of people who just like to reach out of their airbuds or airbuds or wherever they're listening and say that was really brave and you really helped me and your courage gives me hope hope and hope giving hope to somebody else is one of the greatest gifts you can give and so on behalf of all the listeners, just thank you for the courage to share your story. Um, listeners, as you know, I kind of have a pad of paper here and I write down things that resonate with me and they may be some that you picked up or you may, may pick up completely different ones. So I'll kind of run through them. I love faith, trust, and patience. I love your concluding line, I'm doing the best I can. And listeners, let's give John the grace to just recognize he is doing the best he can. Um, being gay and being LDS, as um, I've listened to these stories, is just incredibly complex. There's paradoxes that straight Latter-day Saints don't face. Um, so all you've wanted to do is just um, have a life um, with your wife, raising a family, and just recognize that was outside of your control to totally do that in a way that made sense for you. And so I um, I love that you're just doing the best you can, and maybe that's what we're all doing. Your story's just a little more public. You can be under the microscope a little bit more because, you know, your your marriage ha has not worked out. And sometimes this is another thought, listeners, is, and I put this in my first book, sometimes when marriage breaks up, we tend, this is maybe just me speaking, because this is what I used to do. I used to try to find the backstory and thought, who's the bad guy here? And now I think that's not part of my baptism covenants. My baptism covenants is not to elevate one spouse over the others, but just to recognize their marriage didn't work and try to think, what can I do now to help them? Um, yeah, I may be closer to one spouse or the other, so I may be able to be more helpful. But I thought you did a really good job of just talking about the reality of marriage and didn't work. And I don't look at that necessarily as, a failure. I just look like it is the reality of your journey. And um, so I just try to give grace listeners to people who've had marriages that don't work. And that's just the reality of mortality. I love um, 
I love your testimony. Um, and I love a core part of this podcast that I hope hopes everybody listening is your constant desire to receive revelation um, from Heavenly Father and your absolutely firm testimony that he loves you 100% and nothing you can do can take you outside of God's love. And I think that's our doctrine, but our culture sometimes, because worthiness to go to the temple can come and go, but but worth, um, I believe, is set. And that ability to get revelation from God is set. Um, best way I can feel that is just as an parent of adult children is I would want my adult children to always talk to me and I'd always love them. Um, mm-hmm. And so I, I believe that. And I think one of Satan's greatest tools is to convince you that you're outside of God's love. And often, you know, not being straight in itself convinces you you're a mistake and it's hard to, so I, it's interesting. I hope people got this listeners that John didn't pray um, to God about how he felt about him until in your forties. And, and your answer was at the stove, I think cooking pretty dramatic. It was, it was very dramatic. And I don't know if it would have, you know, you think, well, what would have happened if I had prayed about that earlier? I don't know. And that's not to, I'm not going to try and change my story, but you know, it's just pray ask, we're all worthy of, of love and, and direction, no matter what, and love, you know, just, just ask. Uh, I love the concept. It's such a part of our doctrine listeners, personal revelation. And I love the concept that my job is to not judges, judge John's personal revelation. My personal revelation doesn't give me the ability to do that. So I can't reconcile all of John's story. John can't maybe even, but it, one way to reconcile that is I invalidate his personal revelation to fit um, my personal revelation. And my younger self probably would have done that. My older self just gives grace that John is receiving personal revelation. And nowhere in my doctrine do I understand where I'm supposed to get in the way of as a rank and file member with John's revelation. So I just honor that. John's not saying get the same revelation I'm getting and walk the same road I am walking. He's never said that in the podcast. And no. so um, let's, so that's just what I invite us to do is let's honor um, individual people's personal revelation, even if it's different than perhaps what we hope for them or our own revelation. And that's just the way I navigate that. Um, any thoughts on that, John? No, I, th- I think that's really true because there are so many different paths that we can all go on in, in, in this with with this community with being gay and, and LGBTQ that um, you know some people feel very directed to stay celibate and some people feel very directed to stay in their mixed orientation marriage and some people feel you know I'm going to come out and I'm going to date like myself I. They're just personal revelation, like you said, is so huge in this because there, there isn't a whole lot of concrete um, direction from the church. Um, it's very a change. The church's doctrine changes and teachings change over the years on it, and so it can be very confusing. So I think for me, personal revelation has been huge, and getting that early on, and just 
relying on that is it, it's the most important thing to do in this. So, like you said, you know, not judging other people for their decisions. Um, you know, I personally cannot stay alone. I know that. <laughs> um, but for me not to judge someone who feels that that is important for them, that's what was right for them to stay still, to stay celibate. Um, that's not for me to say is right or wrong. It's, that's what they feel is right. So that's all that we can do. I, you know, we've had a lot of people on the podcasts that have come out after marriage listeners and um, have stayed in their marriage. And we've had people that have come out in their marriage and not stayed in marriages. And so I, I don't, neither John or I want to say, take this story and make it your story. That's just a core platform of this podcast is you at the end of the day need to write your own story. And I think it's really good to hear lots of different stories as you're trying to write your story. And so it's just giving grace for different stories. Nowhere in this podcast, if you're in a mixed orientation marriage, is John saying you've got to leave that marriage. Um, and don't, and not even coming out in that marriage is sometimes that's the process to make the marriage work is to come out. Um, and sometimes that doesn't, that's the beginning of the end of the marriage. I don't know what the right vocabulary is. So there's just so many stories in this. Um, don't, you've just got to hear John's story and write your own story. One of the things I love to invite people to do is if you can, if you're younger, is really own this part about yourself. If you're not straight, before you hit these forks in the road, are you going to be celibate? Are you going to be a mixed orientation marriage? Are you going to be a same-sex marriage? And I recognize generally with men your age, I think you're getting married in the mid, around 2005, 2006. It's just harder to do that then than it is for um, queer people in 2023. And so. there's a change that's occurred, you know, roughly in the two decades since you were walking this road single and trying to make it work with a woman. So um, I think that's an improvement in society and that people are able to own this part about them earlier. I give grace to you, John, that that, as you pointed out in your story, it was really hard to, to own this earlier. So it's not like you had it in the, your head in the sand or it was just, it was such few representation of who you were in the church. And so I just, I, I want to go back to 20,005 at Rick's College and just give you grace for, you know, you're out to nobody. No one's talking about this. You have no community. There's no podcasts. There's no stories. You don't want to be gay. You've just come home from a mission in DC. So I just, that's a, I, and so people your age, the 2005, men and women that are, I mean, you know what I'm saying, listeners, are 2023. It's easier to own this part, but John's formula was he asked God. I've heard so many stories of people asking God, how do you feel about this part of me? And the answer they give on the podcast, and to me, is just what um, you received, is that God loves this part about you. He loves all of you. You're created with intention. And listeners, I think that's so important. It puts everybody on the same moral footing straight and queer Latter-day Saints, and it helps them feel God's love. They can love themselves, and then I think they make better decisions um, because they're not making decisions, reacting to what society says they should do, or the shame and self-loathing for hating this part about them. And so I think that's a good thing um, to have this, this strong sort of sense of who you are and 
and write your own story when it's time for you to come to these forks in the road and write that kind of as intentional and with the personal revelation you're receiving. Now, saying that, young people, I really want to make sure I'm giving grace to John because you didn't have the ability to really do that. You just, it's like you said at the end, I did the best I can. Thoughts on that, John? Yeah, I mean, I would agree that that's, that's, you know, grew up in a different time, you know, and not to, not to um, say that it's, you know, people now today, you know, it's so much easier for you. You've got it so easy um, because there's struggles too. There's struggles today, there's struggles before. It's just, it's, it may be a little bit easier today just because of the, the society and, and culture and stuff, but there's still, I mean, people today are still hitting hard, you know, that's still hard with, with coming out. Um, but for me, it just, the world was so different back then. Like you said, there was no podcasts, there was no groups, there was no representation. And all that there was, was the church and my testimony of the church that um, ran very opposite to being gay. Um, So I just plowed ahead with doing everything right that I could. And um, finally, late in life, as more representation has come out and more, more acceptance has come out, you know, I finally, it just was easier to come out today than it would have been decades ago. So. Um, one of the things I, and thank you for that, John. One of the things I I do agree with John that um, changes will come. I just, I don't know if changes in doctrine or policy will change. I'm open that they could. Um, I just think where the church is in this 40 chapter book I talk about, um, I just think there's more chapters to write to better support LGBTQ Latter-day Saints. So that's the way I frame it up. Some feel like, it, and I guess my advice in this thing is, to, and John didn't say this, it's just me saying this, don't make decisions your own life thinking that the doctrine or the policy will catch up to you. You've still got to write your own story based on your own per- personal revelation. And it's true that maybe some changes will happen and maybe you know, whatever decisions you're making will fit more in the policies of the church or maybe not. So just don't, I don't want to build false hope. You weren't doing this, John. This is just me as I wish I could go back. Sometimes I wish I, sometimes I'm concerned, John, that I did build false hope in my 40 chapter analogy that changes are coming. So do whatever you want to do. I've never said it like that, but some people are critical that I have inferred that and I don't want to infer that. So I just think you're getting on with your life the best you can. I like monogamous relationships, um, listeners. Um, mm-hmm. The people in my high school that came out, they didn't have any path except to go to the big cities and live the club, nightclub li- life. And a lot of those at my reunions have since passed away. Um, and so I just think there's healthier paths for LGBTQ Latter-day Saints. I love that you have this testimony of the church, John. I mean, some people would say, well, you can't have both, but I think you just, you're just very intentional the way you're doing this, even if there's not a lot of examples and maybe sometimes not a lot of institutional support for you and, 
And so I, I think it's a credit to just, you're trying to do this the best you can and let's us um, role model what your parents are doing and just love yeah. you and support you. More yeah, thing- I, I would, I would just give all the credit to my parents. <laughs> <laughs> and I assume they they're, me. I assume they're in their late sixties, seventies. They're not. Oh, they, they wouldn't want to tell how old they are, but they're, they're not, they're not in their forties. <laughs> <laughs> no, but no, I would, just how they raised me and raised my sisters and just the habits and the, the example they were to me, that's just kind of how I've lived my life. So it's, yeah, just give the credit to them. <laughs> um, I was watching, I'm shifting and I'm going to come back because I want to stay focused on John's story, but I was watching like I'm do most mornings watching ESPN and I was watching for the recap of the Dodgers, because my baseball team loses in the late innings. They have terrible relief pitching. And then they're, uh-huh. then they're interviewing a football player, and that's pretty normal on ESPN, but he's talking about being a gay college football player. Um, and he's at Hamden, which I think is a college in Virginia. is named Byron Perkins. And he just talked about being out at his age and the support he's receiving from his um fellow college athletes, his football athletes. And I just, I thought of the courage of Byron to do that. I thought of the skill of the ESPN announcer asking very thoughtful, non-triggering, insightful questions. And I thought of his answers, Byron's answers, and his teammates. And he talked about he just wanted to take off his mask, kind of like Charlie Bird, and be authentic. And he felt it would help him be a better college athlete, a better teammate. Um, because of this hidden part of himself that caused so much shame and self-loathing. And I think we both recognize if Byron lived in two, was that age in 2005, I assume he's somewhere in your age in his 20s, that would not have been possible. So I look at that as an improvement of society that Byron is out on ESPN and his college roommates can handle that. And he's a terrific contributor to his team. I also recognize I don't have very good gaydar listener, listeners, so I kind of had a stereotype of what a gay person was. And now meeting so many, um, there's, no, there's no stereotype. Yeah, there may be some that sort of fit the media mold, but you don't fit that, John, if that's okay. I mean, no, I would I guess nobody yeah. suspected you were gay until you came out. And some parents right. sometimes pick up some themes, but... I assume Byron's parents and teammates had no idea he was gay. And so I just share those because I've heard stories where I've got good gaydar, everybody fits this mold. But I think as more come out, we'll recognize there are queer people in every walk of life, in every way contributing society. And they're not in this kind of stereotype, a mold that perhaps we've developed as society. Any thoughts on that, John? No, I, I agree with that too. And as far as I'm concerned, like for me, I, I think just growing up, I, I didn't want to ever be perceived to be gay. So I tried, I was very conscious. I tried to, you know, um, hold myself a certain way or, or do different things or whatever. Um, I, I work out a lot. I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I try to get <laughs> a little bit bigger in size for like working out and lifting weights and stuff so that, you know, I can be a little bit more intimidating in some way. Um, it's really honest. And I feel like that's, that's actually been 
I'm thinking about that right now as I'm saying it. I think that's very true. Why uh, I was I was also also really skinny growing up, so that was another thing. But um, yeah, there's just all sorts of different people that you know. You, sometimes I feel like I have a pretty good gaydar, but sometimes it's like I, I don't know. Maybe you're not. Um, but I'm I, I'm not. I guess it, what the media would say would be a typical gay person, like. Um, I'm, I guess I'm closer to the straighter side of things that in that way, <laughs> but yeah, there's just, there's all walks of life. So it's, that's well said. And, um, every story is so different. I sort of thought I, so I heard five or 10 stories. I had this space figured out. Um, and it's just, there's so many different stories in the space and each story is valid and authentic and unique. And maybe that's, to heaven designed by our heavenly parents that were um, everybody's created unique and different. And it's a good thing. And I hope what John, I hope you caught what John said towards the end of, you know, why am I gay? And is there purpose in this? I think that's a fair question to receive personal revelation. I think it creates meaning. I, I don't think I've said this over and over again, our heavenly parents are up there thinking, Oh no, what went wrong with John? Um, he's not straight. I think just like John's received revelation that this is who he was always intended to be. So then the next question you might ask that John has asked is, well, why, you know, what's the purpose in this? It's, it's not an easy, it's a harder road to walk in mortality. And I love John's answer. It was not about John. It was about his ability to serve and lift others. And that, to me, was an insight in your good heart and just your desire to always, just this line that comes back to me, I've circled the middle of my paper, doing the best I can. Yeah, thank you. So that's all I've got. John, do you have any final thoughts for our listeners? No, I just, uh, for anyone who is not gay or maybe who you know is coming to this for the first time i know i have family members and friends um who may not have a lot of experience in this the space i would just pray for um a desire to be more understanding and compassionate and like you've said and we've talked about multiple times giving each other grace um and just understanding how hard this can really be and knowing, um, you know, for those who may take a step away from the church, uh, we know in the church, like that is like the, the hardest thing to hear when someone, when someone leaves the church, but to know that it's, this is hard and it's hard to feel unwanted and unwelcomed and constantly feel like you're wrong when you go to church. And that's not the way, that's not how it is for everyone. And I don't want to like talk bad about the church, but I'm just saying that's, that's the reality. So understanding that this is hard, understanding um, that uh, there's just so much to navigate with this, with the church 
And for me, I just, I love the church. And there's a lot of us out there that are, are the same. Like there's a lot that come out and love the church and are trying to make it work and are even in relationships, dating or married, that are trying to make the church work. Um, I feel like we're getting a bit more vocal, a little bit. <laughs> especially with Charlie Bird and his recent announcement and, and his, um, his life changes. But um, I, I feel like there's a lot of us out there that are trying to, to do the best we can, like I've said, so just understanding and grace and love. I love the word. Gra- I love the word grace, John. And um, I've said these four, I'll just say them real quickly because I, I always like my guest to the last word, but I'm not very good at that. Um, I've always felt the congregation, the gate is wide at the congregation level. There's no belief or behavior hurdle. Um, the narrowing of the gate occurs at the temple where there is a belief and behavioral hurdle, but, um, let's help people to feel welcome at the congregation. Christ role modeled that in his ministry. We're called to be gatherers, not sifters. And, um, let's expand the borders of Zion. So, John and his boyfriend feel welcome at church. I think that is a good thing to be there and feel the spirit and the body of Christ. I think that helps you continue to make good decisions when you feel the love of your parents, you feel the love of your congregation, you feel the love of God. So listeners, act on the impressions you felt. If you're an ally, if you're in this walking this road um, as a LGBTQ Latter-day Saint, but John, thanks for your courage. I assume that five years ago you could never imagine you would do so. You've got a big like, yeah, on your face. I can see your face, but no, it's part of no, you. Definitely, just... <laughs> even even like two and a half years ago. <laughs> no, this is. Yeah. I get you'll get for every message you get about this podcast. There's probably a hundred people that feel the same way. It's really brave what you've done, but it helps that closeted kid. Um, or that old person that's just trying to figure out this part about themselves. I'm a little more sensitive to the younger people that are closeted and in maybe more of a vulnerable position. So this is Richard Osler and John Rogers signing off another episode of Listen, Learn, and Love. <laughs>